Welcome to the Say Network podcast. I'm Megan and I'm here with Jim Sparks and our producer, Abraham Guevara. We have a really great episode for you guys today. We're going to sit down with a few members of this year's Revolution Hawaii team and learn more about their Rev High experience. And we're also going to have um, the directors of Revolution Hawaii, Rob Nolan and Fulton Hawk, with us just to talk more about Re- the Revolution Hawaii program and also the future of Rev High. But before we get into the episode, we want to just take a minute and share a few youth culture resources with you. Uh, one of my, I think it's probably my first website that uh, was given to me as far as youth culture was concerned was uh, cpyu.org, which we'll have the link in the uh, description. And uh, it's always been a good resource done by Dr. Walt Mueller for many, many years. He's actually spoken at several of our events over the years. Good guy. Uh, I believe he's a Cincinnati Reds baseball fan. I don't know if that's going to be No, I take that back. It was the Philadelphia Phillies. That I know for sure. Uh, but uh, they put out in June a, uh, a good piece on teens and digitally interrupted sleep. And uh, talking about that. I think we've talked about that in a previous podcast. And so this is focused on teens. And uh, so there's good resources, downloadable resources, which we will have, um, again, in the link uh, before. But... Uh, I was thinking about it before. We, we, we have talked about this before on the podcast, but do you, like, I I do spend time on my phone before I go to sleep. Like, I, but for me, it helps me. I feel like it helps me go to sleep. Like, I'm on it. I'll read, like, two articles and I'm out. I don't know. Do you guys spend time on it? For me, I'm always, like, I have to read a real book. <laughs> if I read a book with pages, I'm out. But if I'm on my phone, I'll just stay on it forever. Really? I have the experience. Uh, if I... Uh, play video games or I'm on my phone playing video games <laughs> if there's anything any kind of stimulation that is happening like if I try to go to bed within 15-30 minutes of that I can't sleep interesting I can't sleep and so I'll wake up or if I do f- even if I feel really tired I might fall asleep but then wake up 20 minutes later like I took a power nap yeah. but there's still like 7 hours to go and or 6 hours or whatever so yeah I, I've noticed that it has an effect on me so I have to actually take about an hour you know between sleep and whatever i was looking at or whatever to like wind down wow and it's worse as i get older that's funny i've fallen asleep several times and dropped my phone <laughs> like it's been in my hand and that's your <laughs> yeah so yeah or it just falls on your face as you're looking at it <laughs> yeah but there's a lot of great resources on this site um and uh, a lot of relevant uh content constantly uh to be checking out it's a good source to check out what do you have megan great um yeah so mine's just a resource um that has been helpful to me just as i um like prepare uh, a teaching or a talk or something um you know a lot of times the commentaries that are really really helpful are really really expensive at the same time so um, there is a free one that I like out there. Um, it's on the Blue Letter Bible app. And um, it, I forget what version. I think you can um, switch to different versions of the Bible on there, but there's free commentary on there. And so um, if you're 
you know, out there and you're, you're trying to come up with something for a devotion or um, just trying to kind of do a little bit more deeper dive into a specific topic or something like that, I definitely encourage you to check out um, the Blue Letter Bible Commentary. Um, it's an app. You can download it. I know it's um, available on iTunes. Androids, I'm completely um, oblivious and don't know about the world of Android, so I don't right. know you're if it's okay. available. <laughs> But I'm assuming it's available or something similar is available. Um, Megan, what is a commentary? Oh, yeah. A commentary is basically just where people have given, um, basically, like, done a ton of research on a particular topic. And it's like a compilation of that um, uh, research. And usually it's people who, like, that's their specialty. So it could be a book or a chapter in a book or something. And they've written extensively about it. And it's... um, yeah, that's a commentary. <laughs> cool. I also have a good commentary resource. His name is Dave Widoff uh, our youth department. So if you ever need anything, just e- send him all your emails. Yeah. It's two T's and two F's. Yes. <laughs> that's the hard part. Uh, mine, real quick, is uh, churchmotiongraphics.com. And uh, they're a great website for your background needs, whatever you use at your church. Uh, they have tons of stuff. So go check them out. Um, they got stuff that moves and they got stuff that stands still. And so if you're tired of looking at whatever came stock in your pro presenter or your media shout, uh, and you want to spice things up a little bit, go check them out. They're not paying us. This isn't a plug. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. I'm looking forward to some spicy motion graphics. (laughs) Sweet. Are those just peppers dancing or? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Habaneros. (laughs) All right. Uh, we're here with a few members of this year's Revolution Hawaii team, and they've just spent about nine months in community with each other. And like, how many people were on the team this year? Like 20 something. Like 20 something people. Yeah. So in community, and then you guys split off the last two months, right? And um, some of you went on mission trips. You guys both worked at camps, right? Yeah. Awesome. Um, so we're just going to spend a little bit of time um, just talking to you guys a little bit about Rev High. But before we do that, um, would you guys mind just sharing a little bit about just tell us your name and where you're from and a little bit about why you'd like to not why you'd like to do why you did Rev High or why you choose to do Rev High? Yeah, sure. My name is Pete Christofferson. I'm uh, originally from uh, Virginia and I heard about Rev High last year through a friend of a friend that actually did it the year before. And um, personally, in my spiritual walk, I was really um, hitting a lot of plateaus, a lot of areas where I wasn't seeing much growth. And I was really pleading, begging with God um, to give me some kind of opportunity to grow and to be in community, to to love others in a, in a way that I never experienced. And so when my friend told me about this opportunity, I was really excited about um, really seeing like a lot of answers to those kind of prayers that I was asking God at the time. I'm Kiara Dennis from Santa Cruz. Um, and at the time when I applied to Rev High, I felt very comfortable in my spiritual walk and um, I did a lot of things with my core and um, just different youth programs and I felt like my walk was kind of similar to Pete. I just felt stagnant and um, I had heard about Rev High through a friend who had done it um, the year before and 
I just really wanted to challenge myself and I was very much um, just a summer kind of girl. I did service corps and I did camp, um, but I really wanted to challenge myself and challenge my faith and just kind of do something that was completely out of my comfort zone. And I knew Rev High would do that for me. And um, yeah, so I just did it and it was a challenge, but it was good. It was a challenge, but it was good. <laughs> um, we're also here with the directors of Rev High, Rob and Fulton. Can you guys just tell us a little bit about what your involvement with Rev High is? Yeah, my name is Rob, and uh, uh, my wife and I started uh, Revolution Y 12 years ago, I think. It was a while ago, and um, uh, it's really been uh, awesome to see how it is um, – growing and moving and uh, the last few years so five years ago Fulton came on and we moved over to Camp Homolani and that's been our home base and uh, we've been able to incorporate camping along with uh, with the mission and the different cores and uh, it's uh, been exciting to see just how many young adults that have been coming through and just to see how they've been growing in their walk with the Lord and uh, I'm just blessed to be a part of it. My name is Fulton Hawk, and uh, I get to work with Rob on a daily basis and uh, help him out at Revolution Hawaii and Camp Homolani and doing the ministry that uh, we set out to do there, loving the, the lost and the least and living in Christian community, learning more about Jesus and uh, how to love people like Jesus loves people and been blessed to be a part of it the last five years. Awesome. And just for anyone who might not be familiar with Rev High, can you just kind of give us an idea of what Rev High is? Uh, like, is there a cost involved? Um, what is like a typical day sort of look like? What does a typical year look like? Uh, yeah, so Revolution Hawaii, it starts in September and uh, it, there is a cost to it. We actually have uh, two different tracks. We have a 365, uh, which is uh, all year. And uh, that starts September and goes all the way to August. And then we have two uh, three-month tracks that we call essentials. One is in the fall, one is in the spring. So we have September uh, through December. Uh, and then we have one that starts February and ends in May. Um, and so the 365 is uh, $5,000. And the essentials is $3,000. Um, and so what we do is we, uh, just a typical week probably is the best way to talk about it, but, um, we'll, Monday we have, we have a Sabbath day. It's just a day off that a Rev High team member can, uh, do whatever they want. They can go surfing. They can sleep all day. Um, our camp is located right on the beach on the North shore. So it's a beautiful location, uh, nine acres that is, uh, really God's country. It's just gorgeous. Um, and so the team gets to live there throughout the nine months they're on Oahu. Um, and Monday, their Sabbath day, they can do whatever they want. Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, um, we, well, let's just go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is uh, we're getting up early in the morning, 6.30. Uh, the team is going to do a, a workout. Uh, we believe that, uh, you know, that, they need to be healthy and uh, to be awake and alive. And so uh, they work out in the morning, uh, and then they're going to go, and uh, right after that they're going to have breakfast. They're going to um, make their lunch for the day and then uh, get ready. After that, they're going to go in. They read through the Bible in a year, and so they 
have their chapters that they read for the that particular day. Uh, that'll be uh, around an hour while they'll do that. Um, and then they're also going to journal. They're going to we practice the SOAPS model, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So they're going to read. Then they're going to write down their observations and their applications. And then they're going to all get together for about a half an hour or more of community uh, prayer. And they're going to pray together. And then right about that brings us to right about 10 o'clock, from 10 to 12. On Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, we have teaching times. Uh, our teaching is pretty... Um, pretty easygoing. We read a lot of books, and then we talk about the books we read, and the books have to do with all kinds of different things. It might be books on prayer. It might be books on uh, discipleship, uh, on church growth, on various things, on faith. Uh, and so we'll read the books, and then we'll for two hours we'll discuss the readings and try to, again, once uh, apply it to our lives, to our ministries, to our communities, to going back home at our core. Um, we also bring in guest uh, teachers, that will come in. We try to have one a week, one guest who will teach for a week a month, uh, and they come in and teach on various subjects. And then at lunchtime, uh, the teams take off, and they're assigned to a neighborhood in Oahu. And uh, there's two neighborhoods right now that we're uh, constantly ministering to, and they're in one of the... One is in Chinatown, which is... Uh, we have a lot of homeless and uh, really run-down poor area, and the other is Waianae, which is on the west side of Oahu, which is, again, another place that uh, has a lot of need. And so the, we have two teams. They head out there, and they spend Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoon anywhere from two to three hours. They're volunteering at a site of their choosing. If they like young people, then they might uh, volunteer at a boys and girls club or a middle school uh, if they uh, really have a heart for the homeless, then they might volunteer at a shelter. Um, they even have, uh, some people have a heart for uh, the elderly, and so there's uh, adult daycare centers that they can uh, volunteer at. Um, maybe treatment, treatment centers, like adult rehabilitation centers and things like that. A lot of our people will volunteer at those places. So anywhere from two to three hours a day, so uh, six to nine hours a week. They're also involved in a core within that community. And so they're volunteering a few hours a week as well, being a part of that core and helping out wherever needed. Um, but they're not core assistants. They're actually missionaries of that core. So what we want them to do is to be involved in the core, building relationships. But more importantly, we want them going outside those four walls into the community um, and building relationships with the people around there, loving on them. And then when they build those relationships in the core and build those relationships in the neighborhood, then we want them to uh, introduce uh, their friends in the neighborhood to their friends in the core and make that bridge uh, that will last once they leave because they're only here for a short time. And so that's happening uh, within the community uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, thir and Friday. Thursday uh, is an in-house in, uh, day where uh, at, um, at 10 o'clock the teams have work duties and they're helping out to just maintain this place where they live. So they're helping out at camp with just basic things. Uh, and then uh, that evening, um, we have a service uh, that we invite the community to, and we're trying to uh, build some community on the North Shore and try to make that happen. Saturday, we do various things. We do team building, uh, which is a lot of hikes or maybe beach days. Um, we also uh, do one Saturday a month. We do a day of silence and solitude where we'll go somewhere on Oahu, and they'll just spend time uh, listening to God and 
and they really look forward to that, actually. Uh, and then we also do a lot of outreach on, we call them uh, uh, community days, where they'll go out into their community, and they might go door to door and introduce themselves and build relationships with people. They might get together with some of their friends, maybe their homeless friends or some of the youth, and uh, do something, maybe play basketball, have some coffee. Uh, but they just spend the day out there in the community um, building those relationships. Sunday, uh, well, they'll be at the core in their community in the morning, helping out wherever needed and being uh, a good soldier. We're trying to show them what it means to be a good member of a church, a good soldier of a core, and so they're involved within that core as a good soldier would be. Um, they might be teaching Sunday school. They might be in the praise and worship or in the band, um, wherever they're needed. Uh, and then uh, after that, everyone goes to the Kalawela Corps, and uh, they get together, and we have a time of prayer, um, and we're praying uh, for our communities and for the night service that we're about to have called the Upper Room. Um, and then a lot of the team members will head out onto the streets of Chinatown and they will round up all their friends on the streets that might have not have a watch or know that we're about to have a service. And so they'll invite them to church. And then Sunday night we have a, a community worship service where we invite people from the streets. We invite other young adults. We invite um, guys in recovery, people that have gone through recovery and are, are working that process um, and so we have a, uh, a good group of people that come to the upper room. Uh, after the upper room from six to seven, we have uh, a dinner that we, we put together for everybody. And then we sit down and we break bread and eat together with our friends and build those relationships. Um, that's from uh, seven to eight. Then from eight to eight thirty, uh, we invite people to join us as we make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And we make anywhere from three to four hundred sandwiches. And then we divide up into four different groups, and we head out the front door of our church into Chinatown, where there's a lot of homeless that are living there. And we uh, we say we wage war with love. We go out with with these sandwiches, and we hand them out, and we get a name, and we uh, they get our name. We pray for people, and as the year progresses, we build relationships with our friends on the streets so that they actually become our friends. And uh, we find that very rewarding. It's one of the things that our team looks forward to doing is going out and being a light in a dark place and doing that. And so that's a basic week for us. Um, and that kind of goes uh, from September through uh, Thanksgiving, from Thanksgiving through January. Uh, for three weeks, the team heads off and they help uh, some of the cores on the neighbor islands. So they get to experience what a core is like um, on some of the other islands that we have. Um, Big Island, uh, Maui, and Kauai, and uh, they're volunteering, helping with Christmas and doing all that. So they work pretty hard, but they have a good time, build new relationships there. Um, they get a break for Christmas, come back in January, and we go all the way through to May, um, that same schedule, uh, doing all kinds of uh, fun stuff with that. Um, and then uh, summertime, we have our teams, they can do a couple of things. One is that they could apply for Service Corps. Um, and if they get accepted, then they're, they're a part of that. Um, the other thing is they can apply to any Salvation Army camp in the Western Territory. Um, and if they're from another territory, like Canada, or that has camps, they can apply to those camps as well. And then they uh, go and they uh, volunteer at these camps as, um, as, a, as a camp staff. And then we all meet together at WII at the end. Um, so that's kind of how our year is set up. During 
the week we also do a lot of different things. We have a night of an all night of prayer once a week that we divide up. The girls do one week, the boys do another week, where they take shifts and they pray through the night. Um, we memorize a lot of scripture, so team members are memorizing big chunks, like uh, they're memorizing actual chapters. We start off real slow with uh, the 23rd Psalm and then uh, move our way up. First Corinthians 13, uh, the love chapter, and they get more and more. And so by the end of the year, they've they've memorized a ton of scripture. Um, and uh, just we spend a lot of time based in prayer and doing that. And we believe that that's really uh, the most important thing that we could learn from that is to to pray and uh, to uh, call on God and to see him work. Cool. What's the age group for for that? 18 to 29. Well said, Fulton. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Kiara, Pete, uh, so tell us about what's it like to be on Rev High. Kiara? Um, so you are surrounded by a community who um, is able to keep you accountable on things, and you are able to just um, be very vulnerable with each other and um, just grow in your faith with each other, and that's something I never experienced before. Um, and that was probably one of my biggest highlights in just um, being surrounded by people who um, have one goal, and that was to serve Jesus and love on the homeless and love on the kids that we interacted with. And so um, just developing relationships and friendships that I know that are going to last and um, was a huge part of my experience in Rev High. And um, I was on Y&I team, so I was able to volunteer at an after-school program during the week and um, just meeting the kids there and stretching myself in working with middle schoolers, um, which I wasn't used to. Um, while challenging, it was just eye-opening and seeing um, just the culture there in Hawaii and how these kids um, interacted with each other and just getting to know their families and their stories and um, was really, really awesome. And watching God just um, continue to be faithful and me having to rely on him on um, wanting to plant seeds and maybe I wasn't seeing certain fruit come out of kids that I interacted with, but just really relying on him and understanding that, you know, I'm there to just love on them. And even if I don't see fruit, it's going to be okay. And um, just the whole experience in, in entirety um, just really showed me how to be patient in that and really just stay faithful and rely on him always. Um, so when you got there, were you nervous? Yes. How long nervous. did it take you to kind of find a level of comfort? Um, I would say probably after orientation, because during orientation month, you become really, really close. Um, and it pushes you to that vulnerability and, um, you're out there just doing things that you've never done before and just hearing each other's testimonies within that orientation period really opens yourself up into being comfortable with each other. Um, and so without that time, um, I think it would have taken longer, but I thank God that we were just all very open um, into the challenge and into just building those new, rela those new relationships and everything. Um, and so, yeah, it took probably a month in. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Pete, give us a, like a, your highlight. Does there's that one moment maybe uh, that you had during your experience at Rev High that was, I don't know, maybe even life-changing for you. Yeah, I think 
there were several highlights uh, throughout the year. Um, mostly it's like the conversations that you end up having with people uh, when we're going out on the streets to do ministry. I think like hearing the stories of how people got there, how long they've been there, their families, their past jobs and opportunities that, you know, people end up homeless in Hawaii from all over the world, from all different kinds of fields, backgrounds, jobs. There's people that I met that uh, had graduated from Harvard and that had been doctors, that had been lawyers, that had owned houses, that still had children. And I think for me, like just the most impactful things was hearing those stories, um, meeting people at our upper room service that had been um, hearing about this service maybe for months or for, or for years. And then we were praying throughout the week that God, please, please bring somebody into this service that, that has been prevented for, for a while. And then, and then you get to that Sunday night in here, you talk to that person, you, you see that answer to prayer and the way that God's moving. I think those were the times that were most impactful for me. Uh, like Kiara was saying, I think like one of the most powerful things is being a part of a family, a part of a community that really strives to have an idea of balance in terms of um, being taught, being in the word, being in prayer and being filled up, but not just to hold that inside for yourself, but in being filled up in order to go out and pour out to others. I think those were um, the, the things about Rev High that really makes it stand out from other programs that I've heard of, and, 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 it, and it makes it um, life-changing. Uh, Kiara, why, why did you apply to Rev High? You, you said before that you were comfortable in your faith, so why would you apply to Rev High? Um, because God does not call us to be comfortable, and um, again, I just felt very stagnant. I didn't feel like I was um, going deeper with my relationship with God. Um, I've grown up in the church and, um, just that head knowledge of all the good that I needed to do did not connect with my heart. And I knew that I needed to experience something that was completely out of my comfort zone, um, so that I would be able to completely jump in with my faith and not just be like, yeah, I believe in God and I know that he's real. And, um, I know Jesus, but I didn't know him in my heart, and I didn't connect that head knowledge with that heart knowledge, and that was really my biggest focus in Rev High was making that connection and um, diving deeper in my spiritual relationship with God that I didn't have before. Cool. And going in, you had probably an expectation of what it might be. Now you're finishing. Uh, what? Talk about that expectation and maybe the difference in what you experienced throughout the year. Yeah. Um, I had heard from my friend who had done it, like, about the workouts and about the um, memorization of scripture and um, different things that um, was included in the program. But, you know, I wasn't expecting developing friendships with people on the street. I wasn't expecting kids in the middle school to like pour their hearts out to me um again I just in my faith at first I limited God and I limited what he was able to how he was able to use me um and now looking back like finishing the program I tried to <laughs> remember like God is so much powerful and so much bigger than what I imagined him to be 
And it doesn't matter if it's somebody on the street. It doesn't matter if it's a kid in the park that we volunteer at. Like, all these kids can show this light, and all these people have these stories that I would have never thought that I would have been able to be a part of. And so just all those expectations or assumptions that I thought I had about the program kind of vanished as soon as you jump in and just um, have that faith blindly. But it was rewarding, definitely. Nice. Now, Pete, what's different about you from pre-Rev High to now where you are now? Yeah, I think some of the ways that I've seen myself grow is um, in terms of application of spiritual disciplines. Like, I really uh, have been blessed to have great mentors in my life and people that have been teaching me for a long time. But I think the struggle in my own life was uh, finding ways that I could actually put the biblical knowledge or, or, or theology or just the ideas behind the Christian life into action. And, and I think that Revolution of Hawaii and, and the work that they're doing is really seeking to have this fine balance between not just learning, but putting this into action and, and going out and taking the knowledge and, 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 and putting it in the community and not just in the cores, but on the streets and with the children and in the schools and in the different community centers that we're involved with. And um, that's just something I never really had that much experience in. Um, so it's definitely life changing for me in terms of uh, building experience, applying what I what I know, and taking biblical truths and using that to motivate not just uh, the head and the heart of a person, but also the hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys are both going to be going home. Uh, what what do you take home with you? Like what? What what is the plan when you go home, and wh- how can you take what you've learned at Rev High and apply it at home? Because you're not in the same community now, so how do you do that? Yeah, so I'm actually um, like when I go home, I'm actually moving to a different state, a different city, and uh, part of my exit plan for leaving Revolution Hawaii was thinking through practical ways I could apply the things that I've been applying through the program and uh, not just looking for like a church to get plugged into, but specific ministries that I wanna be involved in and specific things that uh, through prayer that I feel like God is calling me into and, and, and also calling my friends and my mentors and the people involved in my life to help hold me accountable to those things and not just creating these idealistic goals, but also thinking through a practical schedule. Yeah, like when I have to work in order to pay for rent, what is it gonna look like? What is my time frame gonna look like? How much will I actually be able to dedicate? And how can I use the the spaces where we're often wasting time in our society? Um, how can I use those to impact people for, uh, for the gospel and, and, and towards God's love? For me, it would definitely be like being intentional with the disciplines that we learned. Um, Thankfully, we had a speaker come and he kind of gave us this life goal and life project. And we set um, goals that we wanted to do and then how we would reach those goals. And um, one of mine for just my spiritual relationship was just um, doing a daily soap in the morning and keeping that discipline and um, just intentionally setting aside time with the Lord because that was something that I didn't do um, before Rev High and 
developing this practice really opened my heart and um, my mind to how important that was in my walk. And um, again, just building off of the community that I already have at my core. And I want to start um, just working with the girl teens especially, um, introduce them some of the books that we read and um, just s- develop like a small group with them and um, be a mentor to them and um, just really jump into a more of a leadership role um, now that I have all this experience and um, this confidence in those things. And um, But yeah, I think it's so important to find another community um, to plug yourself in, whether it's two or three people keeping you accountable and um just really <coughs> um just really stepping into that and taking advantage of those people who can do that for you is so important so there's one aspect of rev i've always been really curious about <laughs> what is it like to live in community in close community in a cabin <laughs> all year round what is like what is that like Yeah, I think living in community for this long of a time period, <clears throat> it's probably safe to say that you go through just about every physical human emotion possible. I think with these people, like you learn to appreciate the things that you like about them while dealing with the things that annoy you to no end. And to know it <laughs> <laughs> for me, um, about halfway through the year, a few of us decided that we wanted to move from the cabins to one of the tents. And um, so we were sleeping in a tent right next to the ocean on air mattresses and all of our belongings in there. And I think just like having an experience like that and also intentionally limiting our possessions for this set amount of time just really helps to allow everybody to focus on what's really important in relationships. And yeah, I mean, like you learn how to deal with the things that you don't like or or, or that annoy you about other people. But the real kicker for me, the real thing that made it worth it was Um, having people close by me that could easily identify for me the things I couldn't even see was a problem in myself and noticing um, the the things that maybe I've been doing for years that need changing that I really could never identify or I just was ignorant to because I never had somebody that close to me for that long of a time period. Um, and, and, and I think the reality, too, is because you're not just living with these people, but you're also working with them. You're going to church with them. You're eating with them. And, and as far as your team goes, you're around them basically 24-7 throughout the week. And so you have to learn how to make it work. And it's really an amazing thing it 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 forces you in in the most loving way possible to put yourself aside and and to consider others more significant than yourself for the purpose of glorifying god and like i said i think i think the main thing that i've just seen in my life is uh through rev rev high through revolution hawaii the opportunity to um to hear the stories from 
from the people on our team and to know where they're coming from and think about how can I better love this person based on what I know about them. All right. So if somebody uh, is interested in doing Rev High, but they're kind of like maybe a little bit on the fence, they're not sure, it's a big commitment, um, what would you say to them if they're – if I don't know, Dave, sort of any advice or encouragement to anybody who might be interested in doing Rev High? Yeah, I would say, well, I would just say to definitely apply. You never know um, what kind of other people might be in the same boat as you and thinking about applying. And I would encourage you to not um, let what you're going through um, prevent you from shooting a shot at an opportunity like this. I was really surprised uh, coming into the program, into into our first weeks of training, at how many other people on our team were uh, relevant and relating to exactly what I was going through. It, 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 I guess it's funny because um, during the application process, really for any kind of job these days, like you want to make yourself look as good as you can. And I guess selfishly, I did the same thing on the on the interview, on the application and everything. Like, I try to put uh, myself forward as somebody that they would want to be on the team. And the reality is that there's a lot of youth, there's a lot of young adults that are really struggling with their walk. And um, if, if you think that that's something that is going to prevent you from being an addition or, or, or from being someone that can add to a team experience like this one, um, you don't you don't know how big God is and you don't know how many other people are out there feeling the same way. And so I just encourage anybody to apply no matter no matter where you're at. Just have that conversation. Just have that conversation with with Rob or with Fulton about where you're at. Just be honest on your application like you never know um, exact exactly what might come out from that. And. If you feel like you are in a position where you're strong enough or, 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 or maybe like you think that you would be good for this team, I would still encourage you to apply and, and also expect to be humbled during this process. Kiara, how about you? Um, if somebody is, you know, on the fence or thinking about doing Rev High, um, what would you say to them? Yeah, um, definitely pray about it. Um, talk to mentors, talk to your pastors, talk to your friends and um, yeah, going off of what P said, don't let anything stop you from doing it. Kind of on what I also expected. I expected people to have everything put together, um, and that was far from the case, and that's fine. Like, you don't have to have everything figured out, and um, you figure things out along the way. And um, also not to let financial circumstances stop you from applying because throughout the year you're able to fundraise and you're able to send letters and um, get financial help. So that should also be a, not a reason for you to not apply. Um, and just really trusting in God's provision and through prayer and that he is going to help you get there. Um, we had a few teammates who were not sure of whether they were going to come back um, after Christmas, but, you know, just that reliance and just like God's going to provide and I'm going to trust in that and just really going in that mindset. Um, even if you're new Christian, even if you've been a Christian forever, like taking that challenge and taking that step to really just um, get to know God more so that you can discover more about yourself and more about how you can love people, I think is the most important thing when you're applying. 
That's great. That's great advice. Um, so just one more question uh, just for Robin Fulton. Um, I'm just curious, you guys, Rev High is 12 years in. What is like the future of Rev High or, you know, is there like a dream you guys have for Rev High or have you guys reached the dream for Rev High? I'm just kind of curious. When I think of the future, I think of flying cars. <laughs> it's always, I don't know, I always think of flying cars when I think of the future. And so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, okay. Here's real quick. I'll let Rob have a second just to think of his answer. No, because I just want to get my 18 to 29 answer really quick. Just really quick, because that was stupid. Um, yeah, we're looking for students who are 18 uh, to 29 years of age. And um, more importantly, just about what age they are is like, what part of life are they in? And I always just say, um, Rev High is a program for the people who are in between. Um, are you in between high school and college? Are you in between um, majors and college? Are you in between college and the workforce? Um, um, whatever it is, you're you're in between right now. If you if you come to Rev High and give three months or a year of your life um, to have a strong foundation, whatever it is you do next, you're gonna have a strong foundation to build upon. You're gonna have a read the Bible. You're gonna have lived in Christian community. Um, you're gonna have served um, those who need served and learn how to love them. And um, I just think the longer you wait to, to have an experience like that, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier. Like, well, first let me find a job and start a family and then I'll take some time off to, to do those things. And so um, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity, but you gotta, um, you gotta have courage and have faith in God and, and take that first step. Yeah. And now for the future of Rev High, Robert Noland. Oh yeah. So the future, um, I would say that our ultimate vision of Revolution Hawaii is that it wouldn't exist. Um, yeah. <laughs> so get ready. And uh, that's the big vision uh, because the whole idea is about we're we're just we're a discipleship program. So uh, really, I believe that the discipleship program should be happening. It should just be happening. I mean, that's what. Christ called us to do and it we shouldn't have to have a program so we have these young people that are coming and we're discipling them and our we say the revolution happens when they leave it doesn't really happen when they're with us like we want them to go back to their homes back to their communities back to the court and start to put uh, into practice everything that they've experienced at Revolution Hawaii and begin to disciple others and uh, do the great commission that Christ called us to do. And so if everyone's discipling and it just begins, to, you know, I mean, that I'm hoping like in the future, uh, a young person say, why would I go to Revolution Hawaii? Like I'm already getting that now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I know that's like that's, <laughs> that's a big vision. Uh, I, our goal is to disciple as many young people as possible, and we'd like to grow that. Um, one of the things that we're trying to figure out now is just how big can we get before that starts to affect what our program looks like. Because, you know, you can only have, I mean, like, this is probably our biggest group was, like, I think we had 22 this year. And uh, that's a, you know, that's a lot of, of people. And... They're not getting that into, I mean, Jesus had 12. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, we would love, like, I, we have lots of visions. I, I think we would love to see at some point a revolution in San Francisco. 
a Revolution Seattle. I mean, to begin to put some of these places in different parts of uh, the country and uh, have these bases that we could that young people are coming to and and are being discipled at that would be great um, we would love to build on uh, who like right now it's young adults but we have a lot of couples that want to be discipled you know want to be a part of revolution why uh, older people people in retirement that are asking about it. it would be great yeah to have something like that we also uh, we do missions we haven't because our funding was cut this last year so we're going out to camps which we believe in but we also have a lot of young people that want to go somewhere. They want to do a mission somewhere. And so we've been to Japan. We've been to the Philippines. We've been to Marshall Islands. Uh, we would love to, you know, the Salvation Army is in 130 countries or something like that. Like we keep growing. I don't see why we can't be a base for, you know, young people who want to do missions to be able to uh, train and equip them and send them out to the mission field. Uh, and, you know, I think... We all know that that mission field needs young people that are on fire for the Lord. So, you know, it would be great to do that. Um, I know we're always dreaming stuff up. You might have to edit this later. Um, I don't know if it'll be good. No, it's not bad. But when it comes to the creating missions, you know, the missions part of it and creating um, mission experiences, uh, I think for— uh, as growing up in the Salvation Army, a lot of times we think of, um, uh, yeah, I'll be a mission, which really means um, I'll have an Army job in another country. Right. The army will figure out where I'm going to live, how I'm going to get taken care of. And um, we apply for that and stuff. I would love for for people to be able to leave Rev High. And if they they wanted to they felt called to be a mission in in China or Japan or the Philippines, that they would be equipped to say, hey, I could I know how to, to get there. I know how to make contacts. Um look where needs are, how, how I can, how can I can meet those needs and how to sustain myself and, and letter write and, and be like a missionary, you know, and not, um, rely so much on just someone else walking, walking them through that. And I don't know if that's far fetched or whatever, but I think that'd be like really cool. Like you could drop someone off anywhere in the, the country and then they're like, Hey, we can make this work. Right. So yeah. But if you need to edit that, that's cool. We won't edit that part. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so if, if people, um, anybody listening is interested or they have more questions or like, where could they find more information? Yeah, uh, we have a website. Okay. Um, RevolutionHawaii.com and, and .org. And .org. Oh, oh, you have both. We're growing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, I think, yeah, there's uh, an info that you could just write to us and, and ask us. Um, I'll give you Fulton's number. You could call him <laughs> at any time. Uh, yeah. I think that's the best way to do it. Okay, great. We'll put the links um, below the episode just so you guys can, um, if you have questions or anything, make sure you check out that link. We'll also put your social media links as well because you guys are on um, Facebook for sure. Are you guys on Instagram as yes. well? Okay, so we'll put the links down there for you guys. Um, and I just want to say thanks again, all of you, for being here, um, for, to Pete and to Kiara. Um, I can tell, I it's just evident the transformation that went on this year. Um, I can just tell, I can see the joy as you guys are just recounting your experiences um, so that's it's just really cool to hear about your experience. So thank you for sharing with us today, and to Fulton and to Rob. Um, you know, a hey, lot you're of you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. 
<laughs> I know a lot of these programs um, have tried to start up in different parts of the territory, and I feel like one of the major struggles is just that um, having that consistent leadership. And so I think part of the reason why, uh, probably a huge reason why Rev High has been so successful is because of your consistent leadership. And so um, thank you guys for just being willing to share with us and, and talk a little bit about the Rev High experience. So again, the links will be linked below. And yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode.